Welcome to the Get Out and Try podcast. I'm your host, Katie Axel. This episode is brought to you by Valley Agencies. As a local full-service insurance agency in the St. Croix Valley, Valley Agencies is committed to helping you protect what matters most. Whether you're looking for personal, commercial, health, or life insurance, their team of professionals has you covered. Contact Valley Agencies today to help you achieve more together. Valley Agencies has been serving the St. Croix Valley and surrounding areas since 1914. Conveniently located in Stillwater, Minnesota and Hudson, Wisconsin, visit them at valleyagencies.com. This is part two of the interview with Christine Melby from Two Bees and a Bud, which is a you-pick flower farm in New Richmond, Wisconsin. We pick up from last week talking about the upcoming events that you can get out and try with Two Bees and a Bud. Check it out. Let's talk about your workshops. What kind of workshops do you offer? Yeah, so this year, I am really excited by what we have to offer. Every month starting in May, we have May through pretty much December, we have workshops going on. Some of them I teach myself, and then some of them are a collaboration. We have a few workshops coming up right away. June 11th at 45th Parallel, we'll be doing deconstructing cocktails. And that's working with them. And then my friend Phyllis, who runs Sacred Ibis, she and I are going to be teaching how cocktails are created because basically at their root is plants. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be at 45th Parallel. And we're going to be showing how to make simple syrups and bitters and how to grow a cocktail garden mm-hmm. and then sampling a couple of uh, cocktails that we make. So that'll be fun. We do our yoga and blooms with Alyssa Obler from Mudita Wellness, who you know, and she'll be here a couple times this summer. And then we do that down by the water under the pine trees. It's absolutely fabulous on Saturday mornings. Nice. And I've got a homesteading class like homesteading 101 class coming up uh, that is also a collaboration. If you were to talk to someone about homesteading and they said, what is homesteading? What would you say? Yeah, she's, this is Brooke Noah and she is a homesteader. Mm -hmm. And so she's basically going to teach how you can live off of your land through what you grow and um, the animals that you can eat and how to live sustainably off of your land. We're really excited to just offer people an opportunity to like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. You know, a lot of people can't have animals in town, but they Mm -hmm. can have vegetables and fruits. Mm -hmm. And there's so much uh, more to just growing them and eating them for what they are. It's a matter of um, preserving them. Yeah. So she's going to talk about how to preserve the foods that you grow so that you can have them all season long and eat healthy and be healthy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that'll be fun. We have a really big event. Like every year we try and do something really big. Last year we had a farm scoot, which was in collaboration with Farmers Union and a local CSA called Threshing Table down the road. That was a lot of fun. And it taught us like we can have big events out here. and. And have a lot of people come and enjoy the day. And so our big event this year is July 29th, and it's going to be a summer soiree. And it's basically going to be a magical night where we're going to have wood fire pizza from Wandering Fire Pizza. 
come here and make these amazing gourmet pizzas on site. And we'll have live music and the U-Pick will be open and the farm store will be open and the flowers are at peak and a beautiful summer night. So really excited about that. So that's your biggest event of the summer. Do you end it there or do you keep going with your events through the rest of the summer? Yeah, we've got edible flower classes coming up. We have a smudge stick, a smoke stick class, which is a repeat from last year because it was a huge hit. Um, we have flower arranging classes where you can come and I'll teach you how to make like a tabletop centerpiece and things like that. And then come fall, we do a pumpkin succulent class where I show you how to put succulents in a pumpkin. And then um, my wreath making classes starting in November into December are, they always sell out. They're a huge hit. So, I bet. Yeah. yeah. It'll be a full fun year. <laughs> yes, that is very busy. And you also have subscriptions available. Is that sort of like a, a CSA for flowers? That's exactly what it is. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. And so every Tuesday, I'll be delivering uh, to my subscribers in New Richmond, Hudson, and Stillwater. So there's okay. a four-week spring subscription that has peonies, tulips, daffodils, all the spring goodies. Mm-hmm. And that's four weeks. And then I have an eight-week summer. Okay. I was looking at that on your website, and I was wondering on the pricing of that, it, is that per bouquet or for the actual full subscription for like by four weeks and, and 12 weeks and that kind of thing? Correct. It's for the full Okay. Full four weeks or full eight weeks. Not That's per super bouquet. reasonable. Yeah. You know, I want it to be accessible for people mm-hmm. because, you know, people, they need flowers. They need that. It's amazing the psychology of flowers, you know, for us, the emotional connection that we have, the way that it, you know, makes us feel happy when we look at them sitting on our table or you can break it down and put some, you know, on your nightstand and and some on the kitchen counter. And it's just a really, I think it's a really important way for us to do a little self care, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. But what a great gift as well for someone that you just don't know what to buy for. Right, right. I have People who have bought them for teachers, people who have bought them for nurses, because you think about when they come home from work, you know, obviously it's summer. So the teachers, you know, whether they're at school or whatever, anybody that's, you know, working hard and they come home from work and they open the door to this like beautiful bouquet and Mm -hmm. with a handwritten note, I always write a handwritten note on, on them. So it's like receiving a gift, you know, and I think about I've had mothers that got them delivered just for themselves. They ordered them for themselves yeah, because they knew that it would be a fresh pick-me-up for the week. And yeah. it's it's so special to open the door to a bouquet like that. Right. So, And yeah. do you get a lot of people that purchase that for Mother's Day gifts? Mother's Day is when I sell the most of them. And I am pretty close to being on my max. So this Mother's Day is going to be, I'll open it up for a couple days and then I'll probably have to stop because I have only so many that I can do on my route. Yeah. Yeah. But Mother's Day is is a wonderful opportunity for people to get them. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So you will sell out of subscriptions. So it's something people really want to be on top of, right? Yes. Yes, that's for sure. Okay. So whoever's listening, if you're thinking about this amazing gift, whether it be for Mother's Day or a birthday or a teacher or someone that is in the service industry, who knows? She's going to sell out, but it's a really great way for you to give a gift every single week to someone that you appreciate. So. Mark your calendar. When do you open up subscriptions? Can people subscribe right now to the flower subscription for the future? It's live now. It's available up until Mother's Day. Okay. Or until they sell out. (laughs) Or until you sell out. Yes. Whichever comes first. Excellent. All right. You had mentioned that you do kids' birthday parties. What does that birthday party look like? Yeah, that's new this year. I've had so many mom's call to request parties. I thought, why am I not doing this this year? Yeah. So it's up on my website. You can check it out. And it's basically, you know, use of the venue. You can bring your own birthday cake or snacks or food and drink. And I can instruct the kids on how to cut their own little mini bouquet. And then they can you know, run the fields, go through the woods, see the bees, you know, sing happy birthday and have a really good time. There will also be an opportunity to add on some really creative art projects as well Mm -hmm. that the kids, different kids, different ages would enjoy. Okay. And then you also had mentioned that you have a sip and snip. Is that what it's called? Yes, that's what it's called. That has been a huge hit with women's groups, girlfriends. Uh, we have bridal showers where they come and they do a sip and snip. Basically, that's just a private time for you to be at two bees in a bud. You get to do the you pick, pick your own bouquets, and then you come back into the space and I teach you how to put together a bouquet with the flowers that you made. And then you can just relax and enjoy. We have a covered patio right out there in the flower fields that overlooks the flowers. And you can enjoy a beverage. You can bring your own food. At this point, we don't have uh, food available, but you're welcome to bring. We've had people bring cakes and charcuterie boards and things like that. And they just relax and laugh and have a good time. It's a lot of fun. It's great for birthday parties, bridal showers. Okay. I'm curious if you can describe the smell of the farm in the first week in August. Oh, yeah. It's heavy, earthy, um, floral. Yeah. (laughs) It's got that warm, kind of enveloping feel to it. We all know what it smells like when you walk into a flower shop, but it has to be vastly different, but have some kind of notes of similarities. That's right. I think with a farm, because you have everything else, we have clover fields and we have corn growing right next to the field and you've got the woods. You get all of that mixed in with the warm breezes and it's (laughs) it's absolutely fantastic. When is the best time for all of the scent or the smells that you have on the farm, in your opinion? I think anytime the flowers are blooming. Yeah. You know, springtime has a completely different smell than it does in fall, you know? Yeah. And so in spring, you get that like 
water smell that kind of comes up from the pond mm-hmm. that adds to the experience and you get all of that new growth with all the grasses and everything. So it's, yeah, every okay. season has its own wonderfulness. <laughs> yeah. You enveloped yourself into all of the education out there for having a flower farm. What was something that wasn't on a video or wasn't in a class or on a Zoom? One of the lessons that I've learned is to be really humble with myself. It's a it's a really hard job. I think people expect when you come out here, it looks like it didn't take very much effort. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I hope that it looks like. It just looks pretty. And the fact that there are so many daily challenges that are really hard is something that's pushed me and has taught me. My motto is do the thing you think you cannot do. I live by that motto and every day I use it because mm-hmm. it's it's something really hard. I had to install my irrigation lines, which meant I had to figure out my footage and I had to figure out my PSI on the on the tap, you know, for water. I had to figure out all the little nozzles and everything. I did that myself and installed it myself, dug trenches. You know, it, it's, it seems like it's such an easy thing when you look at it on the ground and when you realize, my gosh, it was so much work. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that I could do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm just learning that I'm a lot more capable mm-hmm. of doing really hard things mm-hmm. and overcoming some really hard challenges along the way. So that's something that I want my children to see as well, you know, Mm -hmm. when they when they see what I can do here, what I've done here. That's a really important thing for people to hear. And I think that's also something that goes along with being an entrepreneur. I I don't know if you experienced that in all of your ventures that you that you went through, maybe this one being one of the most challenging because it's something completely different that doesn't have a you know business book written on it or something like right. that but i remember talking to a friend that was feeling kind of stuck in his job and he i said why don't you just start learning something else even if it's just 20 minutes a day at least you're moving toward that you know turn off netflix for 20 minutes and learn how to whatever it is that you're interested in that will get you out of the industry that you're in. And I think what you just described is kind of what he he said something like, well, that's something you would do because you're courageous. And I was like, I'm not courageous. I just I just do. You know, I I <laughs> say your motto one more time. <laughs> yeah. Do you do the thing you think you cannot do? That's actually right. from Eleanor Roosevelt. That's not from me. Well, Okay, that's fair. And she's got a lot of great quotes, but it's it really is something that I don't know what holds people back mentally from thinking, why can't you do that? You know, yeah. why, why wouldn't you be able to do that? Well, and I'm very fortunate because I have a husband who is super supportive of everything that I've ever done. And my family pitches in when it gets really hard and we need the extra hands, you know, for the really hard labor stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a, a family, an extended family that's very supportive. 
Yeah. It definitely helps. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Do you have people that approach you to volunteer on your farm? I haven't yet, but I would take volunteers. <laughs> Maybe in exchange for a bouquet or two or something. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a work whenever out. Yeah. Last year I learned that my body, you know, I just wasn't prepared for the amount of work that went into 6,000 square feet of plantings. And okay. I suffered tremendous joint pain, especially my knees. And I could have used volunteers. And so this year I'm working out. I am working all off season every yeah. day to try and get my body in shape. I mean, you cannot let that go and think you can jump into a farming season being unprepared and unfit. So um, this year I'm hoping that I will be able to last a little bit longer than I did, but I definitely would take volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> Is it is it the bending and kneeling that's the most difficult for you, or is it just the overall grind? Well, my knees suffered a lot from the kneeling because you're mm -hmm. on your knees planting and early yep. weeding. So that's was really hard on me. Thankfully, okay. I didn't have a lot of back pain, but it was a lot of like uh, toes and knees and fingers that suffered. I, I would imagine that takes a toll. Do you have any tips for someone to keep their body in shape if they are getting more and more into gardening and, and stretching or things that you can do to, to keep your body conditioned for being able to bend over like that? What I find is most important is to stay hydrated. Mm. Because when you're dehydrated, everything seems to fall apart. You get headaches and you get fatigue. So hydration is number one. And then stretching. Yeah. A lot of stretching and preparing yourself. You know, I do yoga mm -hmm. and it's been really helpful for me. Just that yeah. core to help with the core too. And, you know, weights, I do weights. So that helps with all the lifting and digging and all that kind of jazz. So any tips for a new gardener? New gardeners, I think, depends on what they want to grow. There's a difference between cut flowers and regular non-cut flowers. Cut flowers are ones that have to be like an 18-inch stem to be considered a cut flower. So if it's something that you want to bring into your house and have a bouquet of, look for flowers that have an 18-inch length. Can I ask you about my wisteria? Well, sure. I, I don't know a lot about wisteria, but what's happening with it? We've been in this house for four years. And the very first year, I had the most gorgeous purple blooms off of the wisteria. And I haven't had any flowers since that first year. And what from what I've read is they, they blossom every three years. And so now I'm wondering if I'm doing something wrong. And you're, it's in the right light. It's getting enough light. I mean, it's it's a vine growing on the deck, so... I don't know where else to put it. <laughs> I can't put it anywhere. <laughs> I have to. It's very invasive. It's extremely invasive because it comes into the siding and it'll go under the roof. So we have to pull it and redirect it quite often. Yeah. But I haven't seen blooms on it since. And I'm like, I'd really like to see those again because the smell on them was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And, and it was really beautiful having these. It looked like uh, grape clusters. But they were flowers. They're amazing. So are they, what are they growing in? A pot or on the soil? In the no, soil? it's from the ground. The root is probably this big. And I've cut it down twice now. 
And maybe that's the reason that it's not blossoming, but it should uh, actually help it. It invades every single summer where I'm like, oh, and the leaves are plentiful on it. Last year, the leaves got ravaged by the Asian beetles, though. But yeah, I don't know why it's not blossoming. I would top it off in spring with a compost, like a good compost. Mm -hmm. Just top off the soil so that it gets some nutrients. And then once it starts um, really growing, I would hit it with some fertile, like a good organic fertilizer Mm -hmm. and see if that helps. You might want to test your soil around it because maybe it's too, it's got too much of, you know, nitrogen. Too much nitrogen would make it have a lot of green, but not a lot of flowers. So you might need to add, you can get a, like a really good test kit from, you know, farm and home or from a garden center and just Mm -hmm. test the soil in spring and see where it's at. And then you just buy supplements to fix it. That would be the first place I would start. And then for sure, top it off with some compost in spring. Got it. Yeah. Are you a master gardener now? No, technically no. I have a <laughs> lot to learn. Close. I have a lot to learn. I would say going back to the question of what first-time gardeners should know. Yeah. I would say figure out if you have enough sunlight to grow what you want to grow because certain flowers won't be able to grow in the shade. And then I would do a test kit. Test your soil to see what you actually have in your soil. Because if it's too much clay or too sandy, you may have to add some compost to it to um, get it to the right soil for your plant. Uh, A test kit would tell you, which you can buy at any uh, garden center, would tell you if you have too much nitrogen or too much phosphorus, whatever, in your soil so that you can start out your soil in a really good your plants are in a really good environment for growth. So first tell, you know, first step would be the appropriate light, then test your soil, and then figure out what you want to grow and okay. make sure that if you're planting from seed, you know what zone it's uh, appropriate to grow in. Okay. Got it. That's a really good tip. I like that. So where can people find you? At twobeesinabud.com on my website there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on Facebook at tobeesinabud.com and same with Instagram. Well, I can't wait to come and visit this summer and learn how to pick and assemble a bouquet. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of getoutandtry.com. I can't wait to see your events pop up as they get added to the calendar. Yes, I'm excited. Thank you so much. This has been fun. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast. That's one of those small ways that you can help support the podcast and help others to find it. Make sure you're also visiting getoutandtry.com often, keeping you connected to the calendar of fun and happenings in the St. Croix Valley area. Until next time, find some ways to connect with your community. Support those hardworking small businesses that host all the fun in the valley. Go, get out and try.